Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe, Nancy. <laughs> and it's backed up by data. And we are broadcasting live. We're on site at SMRP, the 30th annual SMRP conference. And it is in Raleigh, North Carolina. There goes a fan right there. And we are just highlighting some of the best professionals solving problems. And if you're in the maintenance and reliability space, you need to be involved with SMRP. All right. This is a big conversation. This is probably the most famous individual I've ever had on my podcast. (laughs) Nancy Regan. Hi, Scott. She is in the house. She's in the hot seat. And and she is speaking at SMRP. How are you doing? I got to tell you, man, I was so excited. I was excited that you're here. I When I got that text, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. If there were two people I could pick to be able to see this week, it's you and Susie. Right Number here, one. right now, and having a good time. Now you're you're here and you're you're speaking on human reliability and uh, I'm just jumping the gun. Give us a background on who Nancy is. Well, I was born the daughter of a blacksmith in Everett, Massachusetts. Hold on, hold on, really a blacksmith? Yeah, my father really? was a blacksmith. <laughs> that was really when you asked me that. It was kind of like a joke that I said. No, that, no, but, but it's like yes, yeah. Oh, she's really, she's telling the truth. Yeah, no, my oh, father God. was a blacksmith, and then. I was very young. I don't know what happened with the shop, but then he went to work for Eastern Airlines, and he ah. he cleaned airplanes. But he he acted like he was the CEO. He loved Eastern Airlines. He loved his job. He put his heart and soul into it. And now, in the 1970s, security was not what it is now. So his badge, his Eastern Airlines badge, would get us onto the ramp. I didn't. We didn't even have to go through the metal detectors. He would just flash it, and he would take me um, maybe two weekends a month, and he would take me down onto the ramp and put me in the seat of the aircraft tow tractors and walk me all around. It was like amazing. And so how synchronistic is it that when I finally found the technical love of my life, reliability-centered maintenance, my, yes, my first analysis was on an aircraft tow tractor. No, really, really? Yeah, it really was. Yeah, those were the days. I remember, I remember my family coming to the gate when I'd get off the gate yeah. and I would, be the, I would see my family. Yeah. Uh, I, miss, I know. I miss those days. I do too. Yeah. So Anyway, and then, and then you're just, you're RCM. I was telling somebody that you were designing some components to the, the catapult system and all, whatever. Well, I facilitated, facilitated analyses. Facilitated on them where I where they that I part. asked the questions and they they answered them and we created a maintenance plan together for that stuff. That's when I first started my career. That's in the late 90s. I'm totally dating myself now. Well, no, you're not. You were 10. <laughs> you were 10 years old. And it's like, hey, here comes that uh, brilliant uh, Doogie Hauser girl. <laughs> brilliant. All right. SMRP. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've got the street cred in reliability, RCM specifically. And you're speaking on the topic of human reliability. So help us uh, define what that looks like. Okay, so that's the gist. Now, the more, so I've been doing reliability scented maintenance for 25 years. See, now you're dating yourself. I know. But I started when I was 10. Yeah, we're talking. So now you're 35. Yep. Actually, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm okay with 
be in my age. It's... I, I well, don't you know. should be. Yeah, I know I am. I don't have a problem with that. Okay, I, I'm me. way good. Okay, good. So anyway, the more that I do RCM, the more I realize how much we humans have in common with our machines. Okay. And in fact, we have an invisible machine built inside of us called an inner success mechanism. Inner success mechanism. Okay, got it. All you have to do is know what it is and how to operate it, and you can achieve just about anything. Okay, so here it is. What is an inner success mechanism? How do I know? <laughs> and I want it now. Okay, so I flou- I, if, if you, Scott, or anyone out there has ever been stuck on a goal or frustrated, you're not alone. Because I was there too until I found clarity in four very unusual places. Pepper us with those four very... You ready for it? Yeah. Reliability-scented maintenance. RCM. Thermodynamics. <laughs> physics. Oh, yeah. And are you ready for this one? Yeah, go A ahead. Hindu monk. A Hindu? A Hindu monk. Okay. Yep. Okay. So when you do reliability-scented maintenance, you build an FMBA, or a Philly Modes and Effects Analysis. And the first step is writing functions. And you start with the pri- with a primary function. Well, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that we as humans have primary functions too. You know, we, it doesn't matter if you call it a goal or your purpose or your mission. All you have to do is realize that it's that thing that keeps nudging you, that thing that keeps poking you to do, to work on. I call it my heart's desire. So that's one thing that we have in common with our machines. So... Here's another thing that, you know, I don't know, if, if you're listening to this podcast, then you probably have a goal. And it doesn't matter if it is personal or professional. But sometimes we have really lofty goals. And then the voices can start, like, who are you to want to do that? Don't tell anyone you're going to do that. They'll think you're insane, right? So I think that as human beings, I'll speak for myself, I struggled for a long time with the things that I want to do. Like, how is that ever going to be possible? And that's where thermodynamics comes in. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah, I am. I'm buckled in. The first law of thermodynamics says that energy can neither be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred from one form to another. Okay. Now, when you think about your goal... You may feel excited, you know, you may feel joy, you may feel relief, you could feel all kinds of things. So that just proves that the thought of your goal is energy, right? Fair enough? Okay. So if it's if the first law of thermodynamics is true, which it absolutely is because it's because of the first law of thermodynamics that the air conditioning is on in this room, right? Refrigerant changes state. If that's true, then that means that your goal already exists. All we have to do is use our power and our will and our determination to change its form. We have to take action and bring that form to life. So when I, when I put that together for myself, I mean, I heard all of this stuff. I didn't come up with this. But when I put all these pieces together for myself, I realized I can achieve it because it's already there. I just have to change its state. What do you think? Am I, you think no, I'm a no, nut no, now? No, 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 I'm, no. I'm sitting there. I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to internalize what you're talking about on, on my half. Right? Okay. And I'm trying to, 
Okay, I got it. I got some lofty goals. And, and you know, what, what are those, you know, the barriers? What, what, am, I, what am I experiencing? What, what is it? And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a reflection. Do you ever doubt it? Are you ever like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to do that? If I say no, am I a psychopath? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you're I, not. I know. It's like I think I can, I can achieve anything that, that okay. you know. Yeah. But, but it's, yeah, some days maybe. I guess you're right. I mean, I guess I. Well, we all have our moments. But, yeah, um, yeah. But when I heard it, when I heard it expressed that way, and maybe you know, because I'm an engineer by degree, so when you throw thermodynamics at me, I, I kind of, I get it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then physics comes in, right? And you know, have you surely you've heard of the power of positive thinking, right? Oh yeah. So a lot yeah. of people think that it's just like wishful thinking. It's this frou frou stuff. Right. That, right. Well, okay, but really, it's just physics because. We live, you may have heard the term, we live in an ocean of motion, meaning everything's moving, right? Like this microphone, it's not static, it's moving. And we know from physics that everything that moves has a vibration and a frequency. So the frequency is the speed at which it moves. And we know from quantum physics that like attracts like. So that's the whole premise behind the power of positive thinking, where if you... This is what I, what I learned from the Hindu monk. He said that the key to the inner success mechanism is that you have to keep your goal in your mind. It has, you, it has to be constantly repeating in your mind. You have to be constantly remembering it. But that is because when you do, you actually raise your vibration. So now you, it's because it's physics. I'm not being a, a nut job here. Now you are literally vibrating at a different frequency. You are vibrating at a frequency at which you now attract the people and the opportunities and the things you need to take the next step. So with that, you know, somebody's going to say, hey, Nancy, is it working for you? Yes. But here's the thing. All of the stuff that I just said is simple, but it's not easy because of, are you ready? Do you have a drum roll on that yeah. thing? Let me let me see. Just one second. Let me Hold let on. me do this. No, let me do this. Hang tight. Okay. It's not a drum roll. It's a <laughs> it's a joke roll. That's the only drum roll I have. I don't think I have anything else. No, I have chirps. <laughs> nope, I don't have. Okay, drum roll. We, we can do this. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if this stuff were easy then everyone would be living the life that they want. But what I learned from this Hindu monk, his name was Brother Anandamoy, and all this, I I was just surfing the internet, and I saw a a talk that he gave called um, Your Thoughts Can Change Your Life. That's how I was made aware of some of this stuff. But he mentioned duality, where we live on planet Earth and not fantasy land, so we are all subject to duality. There is good and bad. There cannot be darkness without light, for example. So there is this constant thing that we have to deal with. Now, the best way to illustrate duality is think about Las Vegas, Nevada. At any given time, you can dine in the most exquisite restaurants. You can shop in the finest places, Chanel and Gucci and Christian Louboutin. You, You can stay in the most opulent hotels. But simultaneously, there's garbage on the streets. 
there are people sleeping on the streets. You can't go 20 feet without watching someone dig in the garbage for their next meal. So there is this constant duality. And so as humans, we, we have to fight the urge to like be negative or sit on the couch and just watch TV. But, but it is easier to be negative. Yeah. It's easier. It, There's no friction there. It's like yes. it's like a superconductor. It is like it's it's there's no friction. Yeah, none of this stuff is easy. And we're we're not on this planet to be on the couch and to take things easy. We're on the planet to challenge ourselves and to achieve our heart's desire. And that can be personal or professional, um, whatever it is. But the, uh, the, part, the other part of that duality is we often have these voices, you know, uh, you're not good enough, you, you don't know enough, you'll never be able to do it. And then, you know, these fears, like, if I do this, they're going to think I'm an idiot, they'll finally figure out that I don't know what's going on, and here's where thermodynamic, thermodynamics comes in again. And with what I'm going to suggest to you, you really may think I'm a nut, and you may never have me back again. Uh, no, 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 Are I'm all ready? buckled in. Let's, uh, let's sure? get it all buckled in. I'm okay. Click. Get going. Okay. So when it's, it's part of this duality and it's the way the world is set up, it's like we've got this stuff that hounds us, the, these voices and these, these fears. So fear is one of the biggest killers for human beings. Um, it will, its job is to strangle us and to keep us small unless we know how to manage it effectively. Now, one of my mentors, Christina Thomas-Fraser, she taught me something really important about fear. First of all, all fear is real, but there are two kinds of fear. There's valid fear and there's invalid fear. So let me ask you a question, Scott. Let's say you- Pepper me. All right. You wake up at one in the morning and you hear someone trying to break into your yeah. home and your children are- our, our home for the weekend. They're spending the weekend with you. Gotcha. And your wife is next to you. Yep. And you hear someone breaking in. I'm, I'm going to assume you will feel some sort of fear. Is that is that fair enough to say? Yeah, yeah I'll be. But, I'll, it, it's a, I don't know if it's fear, but it's, I'll fight like a. Yeah, that's my it, next question. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, I'll fight like a son There's, of a gun, like a, yeah. like a, a badger. There is nothing that you will allow to right. come between you and your family, right? right? No. Okay. See, that's valid fear. See, valid fear rarely keeps us from doing what we know we need to do. The invalid fear is the stuff that kind of makes us feel strangled. Like, okay, you just end up surfing the internet or answering emails instead of working on the paper or doing something that you want to do. So... If we bring thermodynamics back into it, this is where you're going to think I'm a nut. And what Christina taught me to do is that you name this fear energy. I, you name it. I, I have all different kinds. There's probably more than one in your life. Uh, like what? Like a name. Like like you name one of your fears, Scott. Yeah. Like Johnny or whatever right, name right, you right, want. Right. You name it and you give it a job. It is remarkable at finding parking spaces smoothing things out after you've maybe had a little tiff with your spouse. Ooh, keeping the middle seat on the plane empty and reserving uh, overhead space for your for your um, your suit your right, your right, carry on. Right. It's wonderful at that. So because you because this fear is energy and you and energy can either be created or destroyed, you can't 
you can't just work through the fear. You can't, you know, some people say, oh, just push it aside and keep moving. You can't because it's thermodynamics. You cannot destroy it, but you can flip it on its head and you can turn it into your supercharged assistant. And I'm telling you, I don't know if there's anyone out there, if you think, maybe you feel you think that I'm a nut, it is remarkable how this works. Okay, so let's let's take that uh, analogy of the plane, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you want that middle seat vacant. You want some storage space for your bag. Yep. Uh, whatever else. Take us through that thought process. Okay, so there's... Okay, for example. Yes, I'm concerned. I want to. I want to. Yeah. I don't want to sit next to. You're traveling to a conference and you're presenting, and all now you're all tied up in knots because you, you're afraid you're going to forget what you're going to say once you get up on the stage. You still do that all the time. <laughs> you name well, but when I use this technique, I get it off my back. So I name it. I have I have different names for the different you know for the for the invalid fears that I have as a human being. I name it and assign it a job. So mine right now, because I'm presenting tomorrow morning, is arranging to make sure that there is overhead space for me on the airplane when I go for my flight home. So you quite literally talk to it, you name it, and you tell it to go what to do. And when it comes back, because it's always going to come back, because you cannot destroy it, it's going to keep coming back at you. You just keep giving it another job. it, It is so remarkable how it works on a plane. I flew to and from Australia, three flights each way, and the middle seat was next to me but on again, all flights. I don't understand how you're saying that and how that, it's like, take me through it. It's like, okay, yes, I want my wife to sit in one place and, my, and, and have the, the yeah. separate, so what do I say? You <laughs> say to it, you name it, right? Johnny? Johnny. Johnny. Oh, I want. You piece of you know what. I've got to, I've got to get this done. And you got to get off my back. So what I need you to go do right now is I need you to go to the airport. I need you to go talk to whoever you need uh. to talk to. Get in the computer systems. Make that middle seat be empty for me. And you keep telling it. I'm telling you, I know you think I'm a nut. No, you might no, not no. even publish no, this. No, no, that's not it. it, it it's, I just wanted to understand. It's like, yep. okay, I got it. You're, you're saying, hey, get off my back. Go over there and do something productive for me. Right? Yeah. That's yes. what you're saying. Yes. So you flip it. You change the You got it. Got energy. it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, here's one key. These things play up, especially when we're onto something good. So that's a clue for anyone out there. If you do have something you want to work on, some big goal you want to do, if all of a sudden you're plagued with whatever, whatever kind of fear you're plagued with, then that's like a clue that you're onto something good. Uh-huh. And, and why, why is it uh-huh. all set up this way? It's because we live on planet Earth and we have to deal with duality. Yeah. I tell my husband all the time when he says, yeah, but that's not fair. And he says, I know, I know. You're going to tell me I have to move to fantasy land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> I hear what you have to say. All right. Talk to us. How do they get a hold of you, Nancy? <laughs> well, you can go to nancyregan.com, N-A-N-C-Y-R-E-G-A-N.com for this kind of that, stuff. You got that, that URL. I got it. Oh, no, again. I got it. Yep. it. Was it available? I mean, was it, or um, did you have to? For enough American dolls, you can have almost anything you want. Got to get out of here. Is that right? It really wasn't that much, relatively speaking. Okay. Do you want to know how much? Yeah, I do. $1,500. That's really not much if you think you're going to have a website for 20 years. Okay, there you go. 
can lose. Because it's always like, do you have that URL? How did you get that URL? That's yeah. so I get stumbled <laughs> by that. You were great, as always. Thank I can't you. believe you're nervous about just. You speak all the time. I'm always nervous. I'm always nervous. I'm going to forget. Oh, see. Yes, I'm always nervous. Get it. Shut the front door. All right, we're going to have all the contact information <laughs> with Nancy out on Industrial Talk. Once again, we're broadcasting from the 30th Annual SMRP Conference here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Great people, great solutions, solving problems right here. Put this on your bucket list for next year. I think it's in October, and it is in Orlando. All right, we're going to be back. We're going to wrap it up on the other side, so stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. Yeah. Yeah, that's the legend. That is the Nancy Regan legend. RCM, Reliability Centered Maintenance. You need to reach out to her, without a doubt. You can tell, one, she's passionate. Two, she wants you to succeed, and she wants to help you any way, shape she can. Nancy Regan, you go out to her stat card on LinkedIn, and yeah, she's she's got a header that's uh, she's speaking, and she's got it's all chock full of great things that are associated with RCM. Yeah, yeah, you will not go wrong with that one. All the contact information for Nancy is out on industrialtalk.com, according, according as well as her wonderful LinkedIn. Uh, uh, profile there, right there, right there. She is awesome, so reach out. Do not hesitate. Reliability, asset management, maintenance. You need to be, if, if you have any passion around that, you need to be connected with SMRP, the Society of Maintenance and Reliability Professionals, and look at their next conference coming up this year. Get engaged. You're just going to be involved in a lot of uh, incredible professionals, passionate, once again, passionate about reliability and a must to connect with because we need for you to be successful. And a part of that success equation, of course, is uh, being able to to perform and, and manage your assets and keeping them up and running and all of that good stuff, as well as, you know, what Nancy was talking about right here between the ears, the noodle in your head, important stuff, all of it, all of it is important and we need for you to be successful. All right. Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. I say it all the time because you are wonderful. And this is a celebration of you industry professionals. Hang out with people like Nancy and you're going to change the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from SMRP shortly, so stay tuned.